Hello, and thank you for joining us back on our Gilmore Girls podcast, Copy with a Shot of Cynicism. I'm Jeffrey. I'm Eleni. And today we're going to be discussing episodes 11 and 12 of season two. What's episode 11 called? Um, It's called... No, you can't look at your notes. Secrets and Loans. What's episode 12 called? Richard and Stars Yeah, Hollow. that one was fucking easy. <laughs> Cheated for the first one. I don't know why. I'm really bad with episode titles sometimes. Like, sometimes I just know them, and other times I don't. Honestly, the other day, I was going through our episode titles, and I was like, I'm good sometimes. <laughs> you are, because you're, really, you're also really good at, like, the writing the descriptions. I'm like, this That like- takes me the longest fucking time. I'm like... I can't just keep saying also because it doesn't. I'm not writing a fucking essay. But like, it sounds like a professional wrote them, so I'm with. Really? I'm, in, I'm into it. Yes. No, yeah. I'm more. I don't know about my descriptions, but I'm more impressed with my episode titles sometimes. Okay, but don't you hate when when like someone says like, "Oh wow, this is so like you know amazing." You're like, "Hey, I broke myself open to write that." Fucking hell. You know? Yeah. It's like. like just like casually, like, oh, wow, this is great. I'm like, yeah, it is great. I spent five days writing <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, basically. Do you know that for the, the season finale of season one, I was like, I'm so out of title ideas. Mm-hmm. And we talked about so many different things. Because I also, when I edit, I listen to what we spoke about and I try and work it in. Yeah. I was like, finale and other thoughts. <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> it's like a really obvious fucking essay title that you're just like, this is what I'm writing about in my essay. I mean, that I, was what it was. I mean, I give you plenty of ideas. You don't take any of them. I mean, your ideas... I used yours last time. Oh, that's true. You did. That's, okay. okay. Some, some. Very rarely does she listen yeah, to Yeah, one, basically. <laughs> um, Before we dive in to our episodes today... Yeah, um, you wanted to talk about something. Yeah, Eleni angered the Maybe fandom again. I didn't anger the fandom. You... you No. <laughs> Maybe I should get my phone so we can tell the people what we're talking about. Okay. If I also have my iPad here. Oh, okay. Well, um, I just dropped everything. Did you break everything? No, no, it's fine. Let's see. So a few weeks ago, um, Eleni asked everyone on our social media to weigh in about, and I quote, which of Rory's fellas aged the best? Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot Wait of- Wait up. I also wrote, put your biases aside. Don't think of characters' personalities. <laughs> Just look at their faces and their biceps. And their biceps, yes. Because you know why <laughs> I said that? I'll tell you why I said that. Because I am woman enough to admit that even though I fucking hate Dean as a character, damn, he aged really well. Really? I think so. Like in the brief five seconds that we saw him in the finale, in the a year in the life, in the year in the life. Yeah. I mean, I've seen like I've seen. I don't watch Supernatural. I don't watch Supernatural either. Um, but I mean, I've seen like clips and a you know a couple of glimpses of of episodes of Supernatural, and I'm mm-hmm. like. He okay. I don't like. I like. I got the whole. I don't dislike your face. <laughs> I got the whole cute. He was really cute. He was like super cute in the early seasons. I find his face, but I. I don't of know. Supernatural. You're talking. No, about? of like Gilmore, of Gilmore Girls. Girls. Like no, 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 I know you disagree, no. but like I got no. I I saw the appeal mm-hmm. on Gilmore Girls when he was young. I don't. Really, I don't see the appeal on Supernatural. I just find that for the what was it? Not even five minutes that we saw him in the Year in the Life. He seemed more mature. Maybe it's because his character developed a lot. Like he wasn't a dick anymore. I don't know. On a Year in the Life, when he that those that one scene he was in, yeah. it felt like it was a supernatural character. Like I feel like. Yeah. I feel like I associate adult Jared Padalecki. Well, he has been on that show for what? It's like fourteen years now, thirteen. A lot of seasons. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but that's what people people don't know him as. De- like, you know, a lot of char- like I think Alexis Bledel is a character. You're always gonna be like, oh, she was Rory on Gilmore Girls. Yeah, I also for some reason I associate 
obviously with Gilmore Girls, but I also associate Alexis Modell with Tuck Everlasting. Why? Because I saw Tuck Everlasting. That was a blip. Because I, I know, but I saw Tuck Everlasting. I, was, I thought you were going to say Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. That actually. too, that too. But I saw Tuck Everlasting long before I ever watched Gilmore Girls. So like, That's why for you I think that was, that was my first introduction to mm-hmm. Alexis Modell. And for some reason, when I like, I remember when I saw the preview for like Tuck Everlasting, like probably on, on another DVD or Does something. Does she speak in that movie? She's the main character. No, I know, but it, she looks like she doesn't speak, and I want to be like, Alexis, blink twice if they're holding you captive. But I feel like she has... I know you mean. I know what you mean. Well, she She's is... Like she, in... she, they are holding her captive. Have you seen that movie? No, that's why. Okay, I love it. I watch it all the is time. It, are they really holding her captive? I mean, yeah. So I, <laughs> so I read the book in elementary school, that's and I love I love the book, too. You go, Lenny. Um, and funny we're talking about this, because I actually just wrote a personal essay about Tucker Relasting mm-hmm. for Book Riot. Oh, yes, so Book Riot. So, you could check Jeffrey out on Book Riot. Yeah, so that's coming out soon. I guess we'll I'll sh- have to share the link mm-hmm. now. Um, no, you have to share it with me, definitely. Yes. So, anyway. No, it's it's a good movie. It's okay. it's very 2000s, and it's, yeah. like, short. I mean, it looks it. But I think the reason I got that impression is because the trailer was all super artsy. They were just showing, like, faraway shots of her staring, like, in the distance. And I'm like, are you, do you speak? Are you okay? <laughs> are you mute? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's happening? It's, no, the, I remember the funny you're talking about the trailer, because the, the trailer was really dramatic. Yeah. I was and just then, like, I have no... And I feel like I associate the name Alexis Bledel with, with Tuck Everlasting. is okay. because in that preview, that was probably the first time I ever heard her name in ever. And it was like, Alexis Bledel. Like, you know, kind of like hmm. the weird announcer voice. Anyway, so that's why I associate, it with, I associate her with that. First. All right. But sister, the sister her, the traveling pants too. Yeah, I was... think. Um, well, she didn't really do. She did that movie post grad. Did you watch that? Yeah, that was really bad. That was. Terrible. I watched it on t- like it was on like ABC Spark one day, it was and terrible. I watched it. It was bad. It was terrible. Anyway. Okay, let's get back to the fellas. So there's a lot of different answers, but I think the overwhelming consensus is we're kind of. At Jess and Logan. Yeah, it's like, if I had to guess, I would say that people said Jess more than Logan. Which is a... I'm surprised, honestly. I think... I don't know. I don't see it. I don't think... Mm, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's unattractive. No. I said who aged the best, though, and I don't think he aged the best. No, I don't think so either. However, I think... But I see it. Would we have gotten... Do I, wanna, I see it? Do you see it? Because I just said I don't see it. I see it. I see it. I can't but... keep up with my thoughts anymore. <laughs> Like I wonder if we would get the same, um, the same response about Jess now, if it weren't for This Is Us. Like I don't know. That's what I was thinking. I'm like I think a lot of people see his character on This Is Us, and he's like a great father, and like no, no, no. I feel like there's a dad appeal. Like I think I've I talked. Think so about, I think we've talked about the Dilf aspect of yeah. him now. Yeah, I think so too. Like, cause he was not attractive post Gilmore Girls. Like, I'm sorry. Like, was he was he on Heroes? Was that? Yeah, show? he was on Heroes, and also season four Jess was gross. I feel like... Mm, Living in that dingy yes. apartment. Like, was that season four? Yeah. Yeah, that was season four. Going yes. to see Rory and telling... Oh, spoilies. <laughs> <laughs> Going to see Rory. Like, that was not a good look okay. for Jess. No, when he came back in season six... Season six was pretty. Yeah, he was pretty. <laughs> he has pretty features. No, when he came back in season six, I think it's also because I was like, you don't have your life together yet. And, and then he was in more season pe- six, he was more put together, more he was professional. Polished. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so I, I thought the same thing when a lot of people were saying Jess. I was like, this is clearly because of the appeal of This Is Us. Yeah. Great show, by the way. So I wonder if we would if we would have such a response yeah. from people saying Jess if, the, you know, if he wasn't on This Is Us. But at the same time, Matt, 
whose name I'm not going to mispronounce. Okay, I forgot. So before what? so before this podcast. You look so excited. I'm yes, I look at this excited because, I, because I completely forgot. <laughs> what is it? Lassie? I looked up how to pronounce his name. <laughs> and so there was a whole interview he did on Stephen Colbert. Oh, God. Um, two years ago now when The Resident first started. Yeah. The, the show he's on now. Um, and the, the, the video was literally called, uh, like, st- I don't know, like Steven messes up Matt's names. Did he call him Cheshire? No, it wasn't Cheshire. So Cheshire is completely in the mind of Jeffrey. Because yeah, obviously. Nobody-, <laughs> nobody else looks at that name and says, I know, it's Cheshire. No, so they, they did a whole Nailed thing. Nailed it! No, so it's Matt Zuckery. Okay, that wasn't far off of what we thought you it You thought was. it was Zuckery. So you're, I thought it, yeah. So you're the closest. Um, so no, they did a whole interview about how, well, mostly about the resident, but they talked about how he, he people... No, can you imagine he wants Stephen Colbert? was like, this is how you say my name, chow bye. So the name of the video is, uh, Matt Zuckery's name, Stump Steven. Yeah. If you want to look it up on YouTube, it's a cute little interview. So that example that you gave that people just go, Matt, uh, <laughs> I can totally relate to that. Yeah. With your, with your last name. With my last name. Please tell us. I'm still not completely 100% sure how you pronounce your last name. First of all, you can't even pronounce my first name. So. I know. I know. I... You and your mom cannot pronounce my first name. <laughs> and it's so cute now. I love it. But um, yeah, I know. Because the other day I called to make an appointment to give platelets and plasma. Um, and the lady's like, okay, just tell me your name. I'll find it in the system. I'm like, no, no, I have my card. It's okay. Like, like, like I have my yeah. donor number. She's like, oh, okay. But you know, I can find it with your name. I'm like, trust me, you can't. No. <laughs> and nobody's going to like, and nobody's going to spell your name correctly right off the bat when you're just giving that to them, Absolutely right? not. Exactly. I hate, like, I hate giving my email address. You know, when you go to stores and I'm like, can I have your email for an extra 10%? I'm like, no, no, I would love the extra 10% off, but it's so annoying. And it's so not worth it. Cause I'm one of those people that when I see a lot line up behind me i'm like oh no i'm taking too much time with the cash yeah and when i my emails my my first name slash dot last name and then that whatever so if it's no <laughs> i know you mean and they're always like oh but i'm like you're doing great sweetie it's just that me personally giving you my last name i can't yeah. i understand philipopolis yeah i mean Say i'm it? philipopolis you got it like it's just we added a bunch of extra p's in there for some fucking reason there's a lot of p's I, yeah i will i will admit that yeah. Um, no, but it's like, I don't have any reason to say your last name, you know, like, it's just no, like, I know. I'm not, like, first, like, obviously friends are on first name basis. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so anyway, new headline, we figured out how to pronounce Matt Zuckery's, uh, Zuckery or Zuckery? Zuckery. I said Zuckery. You, you, Zuckery was what you said okay, the first yeah, time. Okay, yeah, sorry. Sorry, I'm yes. Sorry! So it's, there's a, let's just say the C is, the first C is silent. The C is silent, as it is. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> so on the comments of said video, mm-hmm. um, the first one is, according to Wikipedia, Matt Zuckery is 40. Did he, did he consume a fairy's heart to drink unicorn blood? He honestly does not look 40. No. And then the next one is. Whereas I feel like Milo and Jared look their age. Exactly. Like, it's not that they Milo, look, don't, sure. don't, don't misinterpret what I'm saying. It's not that he looks bad. They look bad. It's just that I they could be like, age. I could be like, yeah, you're 40, 40, whatever, you know, because I think Milo's a little bit older. No, and like, but I think that's the whole, that's the whole thing we're getting at here with Milo is that like Milo now plays a dad yeah. on a family show. Yeah. So it's like. Nobody looks that good when you have triplets. I'm sorry. No, and that's the entire basis of his. more. <laughs> that's the entire basis yeah, of his no, appeal I, now. No, no, I get it. So the, the next comment says, Logan is still as hot as ever. And it's like, wait, he's 40 in big block letters? I know. And the third com- I know, girl. <laughs> the third comment, my favorite, was, I just came to, to I just came to hear his name pronounced. Oh, I thought you stopped that. I just came and I was like. <laughs> <laughs> I can't speak, okay? I talk very fast. I just came to hear his name pronounced. Yeah, well, I get you. 
So should we, we go now, back to the topic at hand? We always do this. Well, I need I need to stop the presses because we figured out. Yeah, how to I know. Last I mean, name. I'm glad you did, but I feel like a, I feel like a small part of it. A small part of me is always gonna say Cheshire now, but don't like Chutzpah. <laughs> I still can't get over that. I told everyone I know. Of course you did. Yeah. Anyway, so a lot of people said mostly Jess and Logan. Yeah. Um, I feel like we we you and I think it's Logan. I yeah. And then I posted on the story, I was like, this and only this is what I wanted you guys to focus on. And it was basically shirtless. Yes. And I, Zachary. So, <laughs> you're not even saying it right now. Zuckery. Yeah, I know. It was a joke. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> so, like, there are some people saying Dean. And I think... Um, but uh, I was very good. I said, it's a safe space. You could say whatever you want. And I even liked your comments when you said Dean. You did. You didn't like all the comments, but you liked... <laughs> I mean, it got exa- I didn't think it was going to give us 300 comments. I was like, I can't like everybody. Now you're just going to liking everybody's comments? Or? No, I'm loading them because there's oh, okay. so many. I have to tap load more comments. Load more comments. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so someone wrote, without the personality, question mark, definitely Dean. So I don't know if that... Does that mean... But see, she put... That's her opinion and she put his personality aside. Does that mean like like Jared Padalecki's uh, no, personality? No, I think Dean Dean's personality. Because okay. I said ignore the character personalities. Yeah, okay. Which we'll get into because Dean's pissing me off in these episodes. Shall we dive into that? We should dive in. I think uh, we. I think uh, on this podcast we agree that Logan age the best, but all all opinions. All opinions are welcome when it comes to looks. When you start telling me that Dean's a good person. That's when we're going to have a That's problem. That's when I cut you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we are still getting comments on yeah, seriously. this post to this day. When did so, I post um, it? January 18th. And we're still getting comments. Yeah. Uh, personally, I think my, fav- my favorite comment is my comment, which I said, uh, the only correct answer here is Logan, a.k.a. Matt. Uh, Cheshire. Cheshire. Pronounced Cheshire. And then I spelled it phonetically in brackets. <laughs> sorry, I don't make the rules. I don't make the rules. I'm sorry. That's just the correct answer. So all, right. all opinions are valid, but there is a right answer here, and I made it. Okay. So, okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Shall we dive into uh, episode 11? Yes. Secrets and loans. Secrets and loans. So don't you love when life feels perfect and then your foot goes through the porch? <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> I have a problem in this episode. What's your problem? No, it's okay. Don't worry. We'll we'll talk about it. But... We'll talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get into we'll it. We'll get there organically. I feel like there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, yeah. But I love but I love the sequence in the beginning <laughs> where she's where it's like Kesarasra. Yeah. Poof, the... Can I just say I wrote in my notes also that I think it's the first because Gilmore Girls has never been a show that relied heavily on music, right? What like in terms of in terms of you know a lot of drama shows because it was marketed as a drama a lot of drama shows always have a soundtrack in the background yeah no it relied on it relied on its own score like yeah which is i think right call by the way because this episode we had three different songs right like actual songs yeah and i was like no no but it's interesting you say that because then it stands out so i don't know if it's like no i get it and i think the song the the song placement in the beginning the case like really was fitting to the the scene but i was just like the more i watch gilmore girls the more i i love it for its la la's and its troubadour in the background you know like you don't necessarily go there to discover new music True. You know? I think there might have been a soundtrack album when the, there when, was, when the show first started. There was, because in the beginning seasons, I think they didn't know which direction to go in. Do we... Yeah. Because Lane really loves music, and music is a big part of the the girls' 
<laughs> what personalities, you know yeah. what I mean? So I think they were like, do we, don't we? I don't know what made them decide to stick with the instrumentals and the lalas, which are very comforting, by the way. I, okay, I agree with that now. However, yeah. I, I might have said this before in the past. When the first time that I watched Gummo Girls, I hated it. Like, I really? hated the la 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 la. It drove me nuts. But admit it, you know what's coming depending on which lalas are playing. Oh, definitely. You're and like, this like, is going to be sad as fuck the sad lalas yeah. are playing. And, at, like, and as I rewatched it more and more, then it became comforting. But the very first time, never having seen it before, I was like, this is fucking annoying. Like, the no. Especially because I watched... No, wa- but now it makes the yeah, show. No, it does. Yeah. And it, like, it was worse for me too because I watched it on DVD. Okay. And like, you know, when the menu pops up, it's like... Wah, wah, wah. It was like, shut up. Shut oh, yeah. up, shut like, up. oh, shit, I gotta go to the bathroom and you hear that fucking <laughs> playing on a loop. You're like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I get it. But, um... So I think the first, the song in the first scene was fitting, whatever, but I was just, I was, I, I had a little huh moment where I was like, I'm glad they didn't go that route. No, because, you know? no, you're right. It makes it, it makes it, um, it makes it, because like you said, a lot of dramas rely on music and like soundtrack. Yeah. Can... I mean, there's whole websites dedicated to discovering music from television shows. Oh yeah. I mean, like this song was playing during this very dramatic scene and you're like, and don't get me wrong. I've also like heard songs and shows where I'm like, yeah, song. Yeah, no, there was a, no, for sure. Like a lot of, uh, but that's not what Gilmore girls is for. A lot of artists and bands have, you know, found fame from having a, a song the on, fray. A, on an episode. I, I was literally just thinking about that. Yeah. There's like a, the fray. How to save a The fray wouldn't have. I'm a the, terrible singer. The fray, would, the fray wouldn't have had a career without Grey's Anatomy. So. The fray would not be a thing because. I love the fray. I know they're really great, but. Their first two albums are still in my, are still in my music. No, no, they're great. But let's be honest. Um, Grey's Anatomy made the fray. They also made, Grey's Anatomy also kind of made Lifehouse. And Snow Patrol. And Snow, oh, Snow Patrol. Uh, Snow, well, okay, Snow Patrol is still kind of a one-hit wonder, but like the one the one hit they did have was from Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, but uh, the reason I think of the fray, it always comes to mind, because um, when season two ended of Grey's Anatomy, they did a whole music video. God. Surrounded. I forgot all about that. Yeah, they didn't. Well, well, you know what? We should post that because they did a music video for How to Save a Life, but just really dramatic scenes from I, Grey's Anatomy. And they used to do that with a lot of different. And it was shows. really well done. <laughs> and I blocked that from my memory. Yeah, it was really well done because I guess I really love the song. But we should but... post that because I find Grey's Anatomy has since found like you know n- new popularity on on Netflix and mm-hmm. like. You, like things like that we forget because you you'd only know that if you, you youngsters if, yeah you only know that if you watch the show in real time like i used to watch it with my mom and i was way too young for yeah, it yeah it was before the shazam era yeah you know where you were like oh my god i love this song and you have to go hunting you're like that one scene in Grey's and that like you know <laughs> i mean now she's like oh what's this song love it <laughs> i just, i mean I, I i do use shazam now but i'm still i'm still prone to being like okay remember that one line because that one line's gonna help you find it on youtube right you're like this song <laughs> Oh my god, I, I, I still do that where I type lyrics sometimes. I'm like, what is Well, because it works. I know, obviously. And like, Google owns YouTube, so YouTube is like, there you go. knows it. Anyways. Um, what okay. were we talking about? Anyway? That was, we were talking about music <laughs> on Gilmore Girls because the Kesara scenes. Yes. Um, so Lorelai and Rory's house has termites. Right. And the whole episode is uh, based on this um, money struggle that they're going through because to tent and re refoundation the house i guess rebuild the house rebuild the house so the way kirk was explaining it by the way who fucking qualified kirk to be an inspector isn't this but like remember in the first season where like kirk was everybody like he was he was the 
I mean, he's still going to be everybody. It's it's only up from yeah. here for you have a thousand dollars. And I feel like that that kind of that was the foundation. Haha, no pun intended. That was the foundation of Kirk like becoming. Yeah, but I mean, the, all the other jobs. What's like, the term? Jack of all trades. Jack of all trades. Yeah, but all the other jobs that Kirk has from now on are like video store, like beauty parlor, arcade. You he know what of, I mean? He, he kind of just works everywhere. It's like no, no, no. You walk I get it. Store and it's but Kirk, like, like, it's one of those jobs. Like, this is one of those jobs. Like, how do you know that they ate through your foundation? Like, you know? Yeah. Anyways, whatever. So Kirk tells her that they have to tent the house for starters, and then they chew through the foundation, so they have to shift the house, rebuild the foundation, and shift it back. You're right. Personally, I wouldn't trust Kirk's opinion. I wouldn't either, but Luke confirmed it, yeah. so <sighs> score. Um, <laughs> Again, Luke, who says, I flip burgers for a living. Yeah, basically. But I would trust Luke before I trust Kirk. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> but um, all this to the tune of $15,000, which Lorelai does not have. And I think tenting was not included in the 15000 I think it was 15000 No, to, to... tenting she could do because they started tenting before she got the loan. Yeah. Tenting was 2000 and it's just the foundation itself. Um, the foundation work itself was $15,000. Which is, like, obviously a lot of money. Yeah. But I feel like it's it could be more. Like, I feel like for... Yeah. I feel like for the extent... Don't forget, it's early yeah, you know, And I feel like the extent to which they were talking about the damage, I'm like, yeah. to me, in my head, I'm like, 15000 like... That's obviously a lot of money, you know, shit, but, like, yeah. could be worse, you know? Yeah, but at the same time, it's $15,000 yeah. that she does not have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Lorelai really pisses me off in this episode. Me too! That's why I said I had feelings. <laughs> yeah. We're going to unpack that? Yeah, go ahead. Why um, she pisses you off, Jeffrey? Well, like, in the same... She pisses me off in the same kind of Lorelai way that she always bothers me, but I feel like in this episode, it's just, like, next level in terms of... Oh, I made you think myself. And, oh, I'm going to figure it out. No, haha, woody joke. Like, yeah. fuck off. Like, just be the a grown-up. Yeah, her unwillingness to accept help from anyone. And she keeps deflecting. Like, I get it. It's the What makes her character endearing and the show endearing is that she deflects everything with a joke. But in this time where it's like, Rory's like, hey, well, where the fuck am I sleeping tonight? Or yeah. like, what, or like, what's going to happen to my Considering home? Considering you She's drag like, her out of bed at fucking midnight to go to Suki's because you could hear the termites. Yeah, I'm like, like come on. you can't have it both ways. You can't have it where like you're the where you're the you're the mousy mom who's like, I hear them. Like, yeah. I have to sleep with you tonight. So like, you you can't have it that way. And then also like, well, I don't know how to get the money, but I'm gonna do it myself because I'm stubborn. Like, so that issue that you had with her, you can't have it both ways, is exactly the issue that I had with it, but slightly different. Okay. So at the beginning, I kept thinking, oh, she, because Rory knows the severity of the situation, right? Mm-hmm. So. At the beginning, Lorelai was trying to downplay it. Don't worry, we'll figure it out. I don't want you to worry. We'll always be okay. And I was like, oh, that's a really good mom moment trying to tell your daughter not to worry. But then you fucking ruin that by telling her that you've been rejected for five loans or whatever, six loans. Jacko's loans and stuff. Jacko's loans. She made it up. But <laughs> but I mean, then you go, like, you should have just stuck with we'll figure it out. Yeah. Like, there's no, certain things a, you don't have to tell your kid yeah, to no, worry sure. them about, you know? And how do you then not want her not to... You know Rory worries. Everyone would worry. If, like... No, if, but I mean, you know Rory has, like... We've already touched on this a little bit. Rory has definitely some underlying anxiety issues, right? Yeah. So, you know she's going to worry, okay? Yeah. When she sees you stressed and you keep getting rejected for loans, like, you should have just kept it separate. Yeah. No, and I feel like, no, like... How do you not want her to go and tell Exactly. Like, if she... Like, I feel like Rory might have, like, been less inclined to then tell Emily about it. That's what I thought, exactly. If Rory had been like, I have it under control. Yeah. And then, like, 
you know what I mean? Then again, I don't... We'll figure it out. Then, we'll do something. Then I feel like even if Lorelai had stuck to saying we'll figure it out, I feel like Rory is like, you know, too much... Uh, had to be too much of a, of a mom herself to her own mother. That's fine. But I mean, you dragged her into the into this and then expected her to be, oh, la-di-da, we'll figure it out. Like, no, you're no. the one that told her you got rejected by five different loans and you're running out of options. Yeah, I know. You know? And, like, I get, like, I get, like, I get where the lie is coming from in terms of, like... I get it, too, it's part but, of her like... Ca- it's part of her character to not accept You want to be homeless, Lorelai? I know, I know. Like, and, like, grow the fuck up. Put on your big girl panties. Which she eventually does, but we'll hold on to that. Does she, though? I wanted to say... Very reluctantly, yeah. I want, I want pajamas with, with pictures on them. I do, too. After <laughs> I saw it, I was like, yes. So, when... I want pajamas my dog's picture on them. When Rory and Lorelai go to Suki's... Uh, because they couldn't sleep in their own house because they could hear the termites. No, you can't. Um, if my mom woke me up, by the way, just as a side, if my mom woke me up because she couldn't sleep because imaginary things were happening in her head, I'd fucking murder her. Because <laughs> it takes you forever to fall back asleep. More or less, it would probably be me waking up my mom and she would kill me. Yeah, so. I see that. Um, so they go to Suki's where Suki's like, we'll, we'll raid the fridge, we'll play Twister, we'll, we'll like make milkshakes. And she's like, schoolmate, fucking Suki. She's like, Suki, it's midnight. Okay, we'll go, we'll go straight for the milkshakes. He's in bed, like, mm. Meanwhile, in the kitchen, she's, she's hiding Jackson in the closet. How because long did you think, like, he could stay in there? If you're making milkshakes and you guys are probably going to drink them at the table, like, how long did you think Jackson, realistically, how long did you think Jackson was going to stay with the pots and pans? And, like, why would... Why would Suki think that Rory would be uncomfortable with yeah. Jackson? Like, what is what is this? Like they're living in sin. <gasps> <gasps> what is she, Emily? I know. Anyway, so uh, Jackson was hiding in the closet because Suki put him there, but also because he was wearing very embarrassing pajamas. pajamas. Which is, I do have to say, that's really creepy. You put <laughs> you put pictures of yourself wrestling on your pajamas. Were they made? Well, like maybe like his cousin made them for him. Why do you think? Pictures of yeah, himself in a wrestling uniform would be the the way to go. I think it was a joke, but like he still wears them, so he it's kind of weird. Also, Maybe they're super comfy. We don't know. We can't judge. I feel like on only on tele only people on television sleep in matching long sleeve pajamas, like those. You yeah, know, I don't know like, about you, but I sleep in a ratty t shirt and like pajama bottoms. Like you know those fit like the like just this those fifty style. Yeah, the matching set, matching basically. set of pajamas. Like I know you can still buy them like silk ass pajamas, but like if you want to know, here's something crazy. Mm-hmm. I saw pajama. You know, Chapters has now Chapters or Indigo, depending where you are, has now become like a jack of all trades. <laughs> yeah, um, they have it's a very, title of our episode. They have a very big. Uh, they have like a home section yeah. now and a beauty section and na na na. And right before Christmas, when I was looking on the website to try and see like what to get people as gifts, I was like, oh, these are such nice pajamas, you know. $158 for like those exact matching pajama, the set. And I was like, From fuck in- that. I'll buy her a fucking t shirt and she'll slip in sweats. Like, I was so outraged. From Indigo? From Indigo. We'll go look it up after. That's crazy. It's cra- they look really comfy though. But I'm not spending $158 on fucking pajamas. Yeah, I know. But I don't know, like, like I said, I just... They look appealing, though. I associate, like, that that matching set of pajamas with, with like, the, the long sleeve button-up collar shirt kind of thing. But, I associate yeah. that with Mike Brady, like, from the Brady Bunch. Like, I don't know why. Like, I feel like that's just, like, something that people only do on television. You know what, though? I have, I have a set of, I have a lot of pajamas because I basically live in pajamas <laughs> because depression. Um, but, no, no. I have, my sister-in-law got me a couple of years ago, like, a matching t-shirt and pants. Like, not, like, mm-hmm. those button-up, whatever. But I always got the idea that if you have, um that matching button upset 
You have your shit together. You're an adult. Okay, but really? There's something in my... I don't know why. There's something in my head that is like, this is a proper person. So that's what I mean, though. Like, you associate... Pulls them out of the drawer every night. Yeah. Buttons it up and goes to sleep like this. Yeah. Like you can't she, see me, but... Like, <laughs> like Sheldon Cooper. Yeah, basically. Just like... And then goes... Ah, oh, good morning. Like in the same position, and the birds are singing that, to you. No, that's exactly that. That's exactly what I'm saying, though. Like, like I associate it with this, like perfect life. This like '50s television yeah. image, like like on the Donna Reed show, for example. Like I like you I secretly want that. No, no, but I associate <laughs> it with that with that image, like that. Like you just said, like this whole perfect, like you with having your life together. And I just think because me is chaos. Like I find a shirt that's like kind of ratty, and I put it on, and like I find bottoms out of the uh, like nothing has to match. It's chaotic. My bed's never made. You know what I mean? Because I'm always in my bed. Yeah, I know. I picture it like coming home from work, doing your shit. Because I used to, I also used to be the type of person when I came home from school or work, get right away in pajamas. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I have to, sp- I have to break that cycle, and I have lately. Like I've been staying in my everyday clothes longer. Yeah. Because as soon as I put on my pajamas, I'm like, oh, it's nighttime already. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, so I've started breaking that cycle a little bit. But to me, it's just, it's very like, you have your shit together. I yeah, know. no, it's very, like, it's, I'm not going to say bougie, but it's very. It's, <laughs> you want to say it. I want to say it. No, it's very like elegant maybe like, yeah i don't very... know it's just a it's a very idyllic way of life idyllic me. is the word i'm also thinking like kind of like i don't just, i'm not i'm not gonna find the word but like it's okay I, you'll find it like and... i associate it with just kind of like i don't know like tight ass people <laughs> <laughs> like, i don't know like like just kind of uptight like i sleep in a freaking matching pajama like i don't know it's like let me let me live on the wild side a little bit no maybe? let me put like, it this way the day i get a pair like that of like matching pajamas I know I made it. Okay, but but that's your. I know. Okay, that's your problem. But but, but the underlying issue here is that um, I I was sweating just looking at Jackson. Like I cannot. No, sleep. Well, it's winter. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, I sleep in a shirt in my underwear. Like I don't like I. You're a guy. Yeah, I know, but I like I like I don't. I think the last time I slept in like pants and a shirt, long sleeve shirt, I was like in single digits, like under ten years of age. Okay, well let's move on. <laughs> Like, that's why they don't appeal to me, because I'm like, I'm sweating just looking at you. Anyway. Um, Rory gets her PSAT scores back. Oh, yes. We skipped over that. Yeah. So, I looked at PSATs, because we don't have that in Canada. No, but it's PSAT is before the... S- yeah, but we don't have PSATs or SATs. Okay. So... Or edu- GREs. <laughs> educate us. Um, no, I looked it up, because I was very curious, because everyone seems to know, like... A seven. What did she get? She got a seven forty verbal and a seven sixty math. Yeah. Um, and Paris coincidentally got a seven thirty verbal and a seven fifty math. So Rory scored ten points higher on her than her in both categories. Yeah. Um. So PSATs are graded in two sections mm-hmm. out of eight hundred each. Okay, that's pretty good. So man. you got a really good score, Rory. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> um, they don't matter as much as the SATs, obviously. Like, so SATs is, is what the American school system uses to, like... Get into university. Yeah. Yeah. So College. I, excuse me. Yeah. And so in, in terms of, like, I and in terms of, like, Ivy League schools, you have to have, like, really high You have high to have score. a really high SAT score. Yeah. You know? Um, I love the fact that Paris is freaking out in this episode. 
<laughs> and I love the fact that Rory is just like torturing her. And she's like, I'm happy. It's like, well, uh, Are you the type of person that gets happy when you see a sunset? It's like, I don't get unhappy looking at a sunset. <laughs> I love it. I'm like, Rory, you finally have some power in this relationship. She's like, bye, Paris. Okay, but like, Madeline, was it Madeline? Yeah, it was Madeline who called yeah. Rory and was like, so I'm trying to like, what do you, I don't know what she said. Like, she gets. Madeline, just tell Paris to fuck off. And <laughs> she's like, uh, okay, oh, oh, so you want to know my, my PSAT scores? put Paris on the phone? She knew. 100% she knew. Oh. Because in what universe would Madeline be calling her for PSAT scores? Oh, um, Paris is not here. Maybe she's at home or at the library or maybe she's getting new pencils because, you know, she goes through them because she pushes, pushes down them really hard. Oh, Paris. Why does it bother her so much? I feel like it's I mean, I feel like in this episode it's for comic relief, but it, it does... No, but it does, I, it does, she's it does, the type of person it would bother her. No, it does chip, it does chip away at um paris's inner nature i think we've discussed i think we've discussed i think we've discussed paris's nature before but i feel like it, i feel like it's only going to come to a head when she spoiler alert doesn't get into harvard and then we and then when we meet paris again in season four yeah. she's a i'm gonna i'm gonna say a different character but she's like we, we see she's we see a, different we see a new side to her because she's kind of had she's kind of gone through a bit of a meltdown and coaching yeah she has a life coach <laughs> Um, and does that's when you know you've made it. And you need to pay somebody to tell you to make decisions. See, not pajamas, life coach. Oh no, for me it's pajamas. <laughs> I aim a little bit lower. <laughs> uh, and she does emotional homework. Yeah. So. You know what I was thinking the other day? I'm like, if a life coach, if a if a therapist costs like hundred and sixty dollars an hour, mm-hmm. how much do you think a life coach costs? I feel like life coaches, like you know, obviously. I'm, I'm looking gonna, it up. I'm not gonna say only celebrities have life coaches, but I feel no! like. I feel like no, but I feel like it's. I feel like if you have a, if you have a life coach, I don't know what a life coach does. If you have a life coach, you have to be able to afford a life. Become coach. a life coach at the Health Coach Institute. No, thank you. Be a life coach in six months. <laughs> no, but I feel like depending. Should I, I think, do that? I think no, you shouldn't. <laughs> oh my god, I feel like if. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that. I yeah, think, go. I think there might be different kinds of life coaches, like in terms of. Um, like, like I feel like maybe life coaches and therapists, therapists kind of um overlap at a certain point. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, but if I can be, excuse me, if I can become a life coach in six months. Yeah, it's kind. It might not be. No, like my psychi- my psychologist went to school for years to figure out what the fuck is going on in my head. Yeah, so I don't think no. So when I say it overlaps, I mean in terms of like. Oh, a f- hundred to two hundred dollars per month. Okay, but I feel like we're talking. I, I don't know. It's if obviously Paris went for the high end on the upper shelf life coach because she's rich, but her parents are Not rich. For long. <laughs> no, but her parents are rich. So <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think there. I think there might be two different versions of life coaches that like that I'm talking about in terms of like if a celebrity has a life coach, then that's like a high end, like expensive. That's like some goop shit. Goop. That's a good word for it. We'll call it the yeah. Okay, so there's the goop shit, or there's like. I don't know, more affordable, um, I don't know, humanity-based life coaches. I mean, my, my issue with it is, like, why would you get a life coach when you could just get a therapist? I don't know. I think... Because it, a life coach is not not actually teaching you how to deal with your shit. No, I think a life coach is, like... I think you might have to have both. Like you, have to, you have to have, like, a psychologist <laughs> and a life coach if you want to, like... Made of money, fuck? No, but, but that's, like, that's, like, why celebrities have them because they can afford it okay 
whatever. Because why would you call it goop episode. shit? It's like that's because they can afford it. Anyway. Whatever. Um, I have a, I have a request. Okay. Um, for the social media promotion for this episode when it comes out, um, can we get a clip? Of Mrs. Kim chasing Rory out of the antique store. That was the- hilarious. <laughs> First of all, she, her hose still works in the winter. I love Where's it. Where's the hose in the winter? And she's like holding on the the, the porch. It's moving next to your leg, and she's like fucking shooting that thing. I loved it. Shoot, shoot. Like she's a rabid dog. Fuck. I'm sorry. Termites don't. Termites don't. You're a carrier. She's like I'm pretty sure you can't be a carrier of termites. <laughs> Taylor says you have termites. Like, no, my house does. You're a carrier. Like, no, oh it doesn't work God. like that. Um, should we talk about Lane becoming a cheerleader? Yeah, a part of me knows knows that Mrs. Kim would not be okay with Lane shaking her ass. Like, I don't know. My like, my feelings were like. Part of me thinks that Mrs. Kim would be like, yes, you're getting involved. Another part of me thinks because Mrs. Kim is so into stereotypes that she'd be like, cheerleaders are the bad girls, and I don't want you dancing in front of men in a short skirt. I see that. However, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I feel like I. I could see. I could see that reaction happening. We, we don't ever. I don't think we ever see like Mrs. Kim's reaction to her being a cheerleader. It's the only time this cheerleading thing is ever mentioned. Yeah. Okay. So no. So I feel like if hypothetically it could go either way, it could go the direction of you said where it's like she rejects it because she believes in in stereotypical cheerleading tropes. Yeah. Or I. Feel, I don't know. In my head, my first instinct is to say that Mrs. Mrs. Kim would support it because. She's getting involved and it's like cheerleading. But no, you're right. Because I, I was going to say. Think it through. <laughs> I was going to say like cheerleading. See what happens when you talk it out? Maybe I should be a life coach. I was going to say like cheerleading is like, you know, a wholesome American tradition. But like Miss Kim doesn't, Mrs. Kim doesn't support wholesome. Mrs. Kim doesn't give a fuck about wholesome American tradition. No. So I feel like they purposely let, they purposely left that out because they don't, they wouldn't know how to. I think, you know what? I, I got the impression when I was watching it, they were just like, we're going to take Lane in this direction. And then they were like, mm, bad idea. You think? That's, I, that's the impression that I got because then I realized as I was watching it, they never bring it up again. It's true. So what, yeah. she cheered. I was gonna say she chore. <laughs> <laughs> she, she chore. She cheered for one episode. Congrats yeah, no. at the one pep rally. Yeah, I don't know. Like for sure, it yeah, was weird. Sure. It was weird. I have a question in terms of uh, cheerleading. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't is... help you. <laughs> Never chore in my life. <laughs> is cheerleading like? Is that like? A, is that like a, a uniquely American tradition? I don't think so. Because like I don't know. To me, kind of like the, the pajamas that exists in like. American television. Europeans don't wear pajamas, you guys. <laughs> you know, like the image of cheerleading, like the image of pajamas, I associate with like American television. Okay, you like. had me at the image of cheerleading, but the image of pajamas, like I can't wrap my head around that. Okay, the image, like I know that like... I understand what you mean, like the image, the the, the quintessential image of cheerleading that we have is always like the pep rally at football game on a Friday night. Yeah, like, I'm it's sorry, an but American like thing. in Canada, I don't like, is, is pep, rally, pep rally is a thing? Yeah. Yeah, Not okay. in Quebec because we're <laughs> fucked, but uh, and when I when I say fucked, I mean because we're we love to do things differently than everyone else. Yeah. Hello, Egypt. But um, I think in like maybe they don't call them pep rallies, but like they definitely have homecoming in other provinces. Yeah, for sure. Like yeah, it's you're right. They it's, definitely have dances. It's you know probably what I mean? yeah. Like, it's a, it's it's like a it's like a Quebec kind of. It's iso- just so yeah. isolated. Yeah. <laughs> Thank I'm, God for Gilmore Girls. I mean, we had. Uh, school like I think we talked about yeah school we dances. talked about school dances like we had school dances a we little didn't. bit and then they kind of faded out like yeah, I think didn't. by the time I started high school they were like it's so awkward style. though like 
So I don't know. I feel like maybe if I was if we, if we lived if we lived in any other province in Canada, we we might have a bit more. We of might a, have been forced to socialize, Jeffrey. Isn't that awful? Well, because the rest of Canada follows the same like system as the rest as the rest of North America, yeah. right? The school yeah. system. So. But I know what you're saying with cheerleading. Like when you think of a typical cheerleader, you you think of like an American high school. Of, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's maybe that's because of fr- Friday Night Lights, but honestly, yes. <laughs> um. It's funny you say that because the, the, the cheering documentary that came out on Netflix, everyone's going crazy yes. for it. I haven't seen it yet. Binging it this weekend. Um, where was I going with this? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think... I, yeah, I don't I don't think Europeans cheer. But, like, I think... I, I don't know. If, I, don't, I don't know. I can't say for sure. I don't I'm, know, but you say cheerleading to me and I'm not thinking of some Scandinavian going, woo, like, with a <laughs> pom-pom. Like, I'm thinking it's Becky in California I or Texas. She's cheering on her boyfriend. Exactly. So I feel like I don't. I don't know. I sound very judgmental. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I, you do. But like I'm. I don't know. In my head, I think cheerleading might exist worldwide, but I don't know. Yeah. If it's, I don't know. I don't if know it's, if they they call it that, and I don't think it's to that level. No. But like our the image that we as Canadians know is yeah. is or as North Americans know is the American tradition of cheerleading. So I don't know. We we should look into other uh countries interpretations yeah. of cheerleading because i feel like it, i feel like it, it must exist worldwide. let's write an essay on it no i'm kidding we should um, um and then we'll, we'll get ready we'll grade ourselves on it yeah um so the resolution of the termite problem um is that emily gets well rory spills the beans to emily and lorelei acts like a child 100 percent. she's like i didn't want to tell my mother you shouldn't have told my mother go to bed it's funny, like, Lorelai's parenting comes out when she's mad at her daughter. Yeah, and, like, also, like you said earlier, if you didn't want... Yeah. If you don't want Rory to... Rory to worry. I was going to say woey. Woey. <laughs> like Christmas last time. <laughs> if you didn't want Rory to worry, you should have... Kept your big fat mouth shut. And yeah. dealt with it like an adult. Exactly. Don't get your kids involved in these things. Exactly. So Rory was... I was... A- listen, I... Not to get real again, <laughs> but I was the type of person, my parents divorced very young and my mom wasn't left with a lot of money because we were forced to sell our house, like at a loss, whatever. I was the type of kid that was always aware of the fact that we didn't have money. Yeah. Not because my mom would tell us, but it's just, it's inevitable Obvious. sometimes. And I have to give kudos to my mom. My mom did a really good job of always keeping us sheltered from that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. We didn't have like super nice things, but we never wanted for anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Don't get your fucking kids involved. You know, I don't care what kind of relationship you have with them. I don't care how mature you think your child is, that she can handle it. I don't care that you've been open with them your whole lives. Don't get them involved. There's certain things that they just let them be a kid. Yeah. Let them worry about kid stuff. And I feel like that's the, the, one of the biggest conundrums of this show where it's like, we can go from, you know, their really strong witty banter and these, and these, and you know, their love of pop culture and their, you know, their strong bond as mother and daughter, but then. The next minute we see that like, oh, okay, there's the downside to this yeah, kind of dynamic where... Sure. Um, yeah, it's not all roses and rainbows. Where parents shouldn't be best friends with their kids and to the extent yeah, that... You, there has to be boundaries somewhere. And I feel, it's fine if you want to have a good relationship with your child, but there has to be a line somewhere. And I feel like that kind of... That contributes to like the endearing popularity of Gilmore Girls mm-hmm. where it's like th- that dynamic... Like that dynamic everyone knows is flawed, but like... All dynamics, all parental dynamics are flawed. So I feel Absolutely. like I feel like that's where like the the relatable aspect comes. Uh, one of the relatable aspects comes from. Yeah. So uh, when do you expect him back from France? 
I love that. Oh my god, yeah. She like literally just got off the phone with this guy and then the secretary is like, oh, he, he's in France. <laughs> I love that though because no sooner does um, um, does Rory tell Emily about the problems and like Emily wants to write her a check. I love that like, by the way. Emily's just like, yeah, I'm going to write you a check. And I, but I, but like, I don't, I, uh... but I get Lorelai's point of view too. Cause she's like, I already gave up Friday night dinners for the school. What else does she want from me for this? Okay. But like the difference was if we, if we, you know, recall the pilot episode right now where Lorelai showed up to her parents' house where she didn't frequent very often and like mm-hmm. only showed up if like absolutely socially obligated and like it was, she kept her parents at arm's length for a very long time. If that's that's not what's happening here, all yeah. Emily wanted from was to help. All, yeah, but no, but all Emily wanted in the beginning was to have her daughter in her life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so yeah. now that she has her daughter in her life, she's not gonna she's she's not gonna want as much in return. So I feel like Emily had to manipulate the first time because otherwise she'd never see her daughter, and all she wanted was to see and be involved in her daughter's life. But yeah. now it's like. Uh, you're already like she got. You're already she, here. Like I'm seeing you already. Let me help you. Exactly, and I feel like, but I feel like Lorelai was too was too caught up in her stubborn narrative of wanting to do it. Number one, number two, Lorelai I think also has a tendency to always see the worst in her parents. Yeah. So in her mind, she's probably thinking, like, oh my god, this coming with a like their strings attached kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um. So bottom line, she's being a baby. Like you're not going to have a fucking house. You're being a baby. And then Emily ends up getting her an appointment with the guy that she knows from from, her bank. From their bank. I just find that weird. Like you showed up too. Yeah. Like you got your daughter the appointment, let her go. And yeah, I know. Thank God she did because she ended up co-signing the loan. But that's why Emily Emily knew that. That's why Emily was there. I know. I know. So anyway, the whole thing about. No, but what I meant to say was I understand why Lorelai would be upset because Lorelai didn't know that that's why. Yeah. She's like, make me the appointment and fuck off. You know what I mean? So the whole thing of when you expect him back from France was because she was basically harassing the guy from from another bank she was talking to about getting a loan. And then she gets on the phone with Emily who says, you know, I made you an appointment. You know, you should like, it's in your best interest to go, whatever. And so she's like, okay, great. And then calls back the guy at the other bank. She's like, yeah, hi, I'm trying to, what's his name? I don't remember his name. I don't know, whatever. So it's like, I'm calling for so-and-so. And she's like, oh, well, I just spoke to him five minutes ago. Oh, when do you expect him back from France? And even Michelle's <laughs> like, what the fuck? So um, she goes to the appointment and she tells, well, first of all, she see- she walks in and sees her mother there. And she's, she's like, like, bye. No, she's like, you're not, you're seriously not sitting there right now. No, it's a hologram. Lifelike, isn't it? I love it. That's one of my favorite lines in any episode. It's um, really good. And like, one, like, you know, we kind of, a lot of people you know, give kudos to Lauren Graham for the, the fast-paced, witty dialogue. But, like, Kelly Bishop... She really brings was it. Good, was Kelly Bishop and uh, Paris was our other two. Oh, Paris, for sure. But I think you see it more with Paris, whereas... And we'll talk about it in... Next episode. Yeah. Well, um, we're getting to it. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, um, Paris's wit, you see it a little bit more than Emily's. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she could deliver a great line. And I feel like it's because Emily was the mother where it's like under the radar and like you don't yeah. notice it as much. And it's like, bam. And you're like, she, she said she was a theater actress too. So she had that. Yeah. We talked she, about yeah. last episode of the podcast, how um, watching her and Edward Herman act yeah, it's is like, really something. And you can see the Because th- you could tell they're seasoned. And you can see the theater rapport between them. Yeah. Anyway, so Lorelai ends up saying to the, to the bank, 
guy, what's the banker? What's his name? Who the bank gives a fuck? The, the bank person <laughs> that she's like, um, I want you to treat me like any person who, who came in off the street yeah. for a loan. I'm like, I admire that. But I admire but it too, but at the same time, you need a fucking loan, Laura. And, and at the same time, like you you're you're out of options. Like you tried that with with every other bank, you walked in off the street, like but also, and they like, said no. That's a little naive of her because you've naive. got you've gotten rejected by five other banks. At which, like, presumably one of, at which you have your money and you do business at. And you think the president, because Emily says he's the president of First Bank, is going to treat you just like any other person? No. But also, how hard is it, like, maybe it's an American versus Canadian thing. Like, she has a stable job. Like. It's also, a, it's also television. No, I get it. But I mean, like, come on. Talk. Anyways, yeah, I have no like I have no idea how loans work. So oh, good job, good job. <laughs> Are you a 22-year-old adult? <laughs> so no, no, I get how they work. I'm just saying, like, in terms of if I went if I went in for a loan, I wouldn't like I would obviously I've never done that before, so I wouldn't know how this is. Do an experiment. Jeffrey at the bank. No, thank you. Okay. Um so she and so Emily ends up having to co-sign the loan with her because Which by the way the is option. a really good option. Like, a co-signer just means that somebody's there to pick up the fall if you don't make the payments. Yeah, exactly. Meaning, like, they're, they, they're also responsible if you fall behind on payments. Yeah. So it's not like she's giving you money. It's not like she pulled major strings. She's literally just putting her name just in case. Any other loan that you would have gotten, you would have had to make the payments anyways. This is the same thing. Yeah. It's just like if ever you default on it, knock on. I don't know why I'm knocking on wood as if it's such a big deal. Um, <laughs> and it didn't happen 29 years ago. Um, you know, so like you got a really good deal and just shut the fuck up. Yeah, no, she's being a big baby about it. Yeah, after because like, it's her mother. She's like, like what, what do I need now? What like Wednesday night bridge club, Monday night Monday night football, Sunday afternoon tea. Like shut up. Like honestly, this is my like problem. your your mother just did like your mother something super nice for you. Your mother, who yes, has been known to manipulate and. <laughs> be a little you know crazy um yeah she is like that but she's also just done something nice for you so shut up but this is my where my problem is with Lorelai like she says there's always a way there's always an option and then you're literally telling you no there's no other option Mm -hmm. and you're willing to literally lose your house just because you're that stubborn yeah. and because your mom, you and your mom have your differences. I don't think it would Like, you have to think of your kid in this scenario. And I think she was. I think, like, she went, like, she obviously went to her parents' bank and, like, you know, threw it, like, like you said, put on her big girl pants and, like, Yeah, I did get it. it, but you also wanted to leave when you saw your mother there. Yeah, I know, like... You're being a baby. No, for sure. I feel like I say that once an episode. Well, she is being a baby. Whatever. And honestly, in the end of the episode, we find out that Emily's like, by the way, I'm going to be having my DAR meetings at the end from now on. I hope that's okay or whatever she said. Whatever, it's fine. Like, honestly, that's a small price to pay. For keeping your house. And co- like, co- like like you said, like, co-signing alone is not that big a deal. No. Like, it's helpful and, like, obviously helped her get the get the loan, but, like, it doesn't seem like she's, like you said, she's not giving her any money. No. It's not like she, when she borrowed the money for Chilton, like, she no. borrowed the money from the, her parents and like needs to pay it back so i was gonna say something about how lorelei and her mother um lorelei bases her decisions off of her mother's reactions mm-hmm. but i think i'll leave it for next podcast episode <laughs> because it really blows up then yes so we should move on to uh, episode 12 richard and stars hollow richard and stars hollow this is also a really good episode um i mean i like this one too but like it kind of shows a side of richard that i don't like Yes. Yeah. But the reason I like it is because it's very rare um, that we see Lorelai and Richard interact. Yeah, I know. Um, 
but um, where am I going with this? <laughs> where are you going with this? I don't know. No, it's very rare that we see Lorelai and Richard interact. It happens a lot more in season two in the upcoming episodes. Yes. But um, it doesn't end well. No. Yeah. But before we get into that, should we talk about Cecile going to the annex? <laughs> you know, first of all, the family mausoleum. Which is like, who cares? Like, who- Number one, why are we discussing this right now? <laughs> you know, you guys are both not even 60 yet. Lorelai's in her 30s and Rory's not even 17. Like, or she is 17. But wouldn't Rory, like Lorelai and Rory be buried with their own husbands or family? That's what I was going to say. When the time comes? Lorelai, do you think you'll get married? Because we want to shove him in a wall next to you. Like, ugh. it's just, ugh. sometimes, do you know when we say rich people problems? I really think this is one of them. It is, but I also feel like it's it's a bit of like a, a conservative thing where... No, come like, on. If my grandmother came to me the next day and be like, where are you going to be buried? I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like, I don't know. I feel, <laughs> I feel like when I say conservative thing, I mean like in terms of like old style, like stick with the family kind of mentality where it's like no matter who you marry, you're going to be buried here. Yeah, but listen, what... You don't know, now we're getting into a really like sticky situation, because what if Lorelai wants to be cremated? Yeah. Or her husband, whoever she eventually ends up getting married to, wants to be cremated. Exactly. Or like, Rory turns into a Buddhist monk and wants to be yeah. spread among the trees. Like, what the fu- what on a Friday night dinner are you doing right here? Yeah, so when I say conservative, I mean like it's not, it's like not a very open-minded mindset in terms of like, oh, well I'm going to yeah. consider that they might want to do this or whatever. Like, we don't know, we don't know what they're going to want, but like... Emily's Emily's mentality is that like well, their family they're the Gilmores. This is what's happening. No answers or buts. Oh fuck off. Yeah, but they wouldn't be Gilmores if they married in. What Exa- if, what exactly. If, what if Lorelai married a super rich family, even richer than Emily and uh, Emily and Gilmore, <laughs> Emily and Richard, and like they have their own fucking mausoleum in Boca. Exactly. You know, like it's just like it's ugh. weird because you can't like it's so far away to be predicting and planning for whatever. That, anyway. It was just like it was made for great t- comedy. Like, but I was just. <laughs> because you know why I think this like hits me a little bit because when my when my father passed away uh in 2006 my grandfather and my grandmother got the plot next to him Mm -hmm. like they're planning ahead kind of thing and then my maternal grandmother was like maybe I should start thinking about this and like it's been 20 years she owns a plot and like (laughs) what and then she hit me with this bombshell a couple years ago I want to be buried in Greece (laughs) I was like, good luck. I'm not shipping you there. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I hate when people get ahead of themselves, you know? You really tell her, okay, good luck. <laughs> I did. I was like, I'm not, who's, like, do you understand what goes into shipping a body to Greece? That's so funny. That's, like, really expensive. Number one. Number two, they don't have space in Greece, so every couple of years, they dig people out. Ew. Like, older people. Oh. Like, that have been there a long time. Okay, well, still. They dig out the... Co- yes, this is a thing. <laughs> like Rory said, it's kind of, you know... Yeah, it's cre- making me uncomfortable cre- at all. It's kind of creepy <laughs> it to be ki- kicking somebody out of their eternal resting place. Yeah, well... They're all like, oh, Cecile knows terrible jokes. Like, uh... They were terrible I'm sure also. she had terrible jokes, but, like, leave her alone. Excuse me? What is the <laughs> sympathy that we have for Cecile, but Fran could go fuck herself, remember? It's true. Maybe because they didn't meet Cecile. Maybe if I met Cecile and thought she was a... a Annoying and Cecile's old. Cecile's not and... dead yet, I don't think. 
Is she, I thought the implication was that she was already dead and they're moving her remains. No, I thought, I, my, maybe I misunderstood, but I thought she's also going to die. No, I don't think that's what it was. The, oh, way, okay. the way I interpreted it was that All she, right, well, rest in peace to Steel, fuck. <laughs> I wonder if they moved her to the annex. And Claudia. Oh, Claudia. <laughs> okay, well, that's different because... Let's, let's... That's different because Fran's annoying and Fran's stupid. How is Fran annoying? Okay, anyways, we're not going to get into this again because, <laughs> no, it's going to be a clusterfuck. <laughs> Whatever. So, um... So, basically, Emily is annoyed with Richard. Yeah, we get a glimpse into uh, Richard's retired life. It does not look fun. No. Is that your third cup of coffee? You got your hair done. Are we going to the club? I'll come to your DAR meeting. No! <laughs> Let me live, Richard! And she, Go back to work, you fuck! And when Lorelai asks, like, oh, how's retired life treating you or whatever, she's like... She's like, wow, I'm noticing so much. You know, your mother changed your hair. Or, she moved a vase, she Jeffrey. Moved, she moved a vase, and then... <laughs> what? And Lorelai says, oh. "Well, of course not. Nice girls never move vases in front of men." Mm. <laughs> so he's like noticing things, and not so much noticing things, but more like no, no, he's he's everywhere. And I feel like that comes from a lifetime of like not noticing things. If you're yeah, if you're probably. noticing these like stupid little banalities, like probably. Anyway. Um, but can I just say I feel for Emily? I do it's too. an episode in which I feel for Emily and I feel for Richard and I feel for Lorelai. Agreed. I feel for them because my grandmother lives on top of me. Not physically, like in terms yeah, of... Yeah, she I just do. sits on my shoulders all day. <laughs> I lug her everywhere. Yeah, she's here right now. She's mm-hmm. being very quiet. What up, yeah, yeah. Um, no, <laughs> so my grandmother lives like in the apartment above mine. We live in a duplex, and my grandmother is always there, always. I thought you might relate to this when I when we were. I was I was like Emily, I get it because my grandmother comes down comes downstairs, and I'll be my grandmother doesn't understand. Like my grandmother still thinks a computer is just for funsies. <laughs> so like when I'm doing something on the computer because I do contract work or I do transcription work or whatever, my grandmother's like my grandmother thinks it's like playtime. She's like, what did you do today? Where'd you go? Why didn't you do this? Can you fold this? Can you start? I'm like, I'm working. But she doesn't see it as working. And she also wants things done now. But when your brother is work is oh, is doing it. It's a whole different story. Yes. When my brother's on the computer, it's very serious work that's taking place. But you are just. Please. He has a doctorate. <sighs> but you are not. No. I just have a master. Ugh. <laughs> um, yeah. So I understand Emily. Like when you're used to having your routine and like somebody comes and disrupts it, mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, poor Richard just wants to be involved now that he's retired. I don't know. I kind of don't feel bad for him. I don't feel bad to him, for him towards the end where he like completely treats Laura like shit. And then like ending. And I feel like I never thought I'd say that, but we're jumping. Or I'm jumping ahead now. Yeah, but we're like, both are, but whatever. I feel like in the end of the episode where, like, he comes home and he's all sad and he says, like, oh, I have no purpose. I'm becoming obsolete. Wait. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's because, like, two episodes later he's starting his own, uh, you know. You're supposed to say spoilies. Spoilies. <laughs> he's starting his own his, his, his own new business and whatever. So it's like he's come out of retirement. Like, like I don't know. I still, yeah, but I, I, I think don't, it's I, the catalyst, though. I don't sympathize because it's like. I think the moral of this podcast is Jeffrey hates old people. <laughs> I am an a- I am ageist. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, Whereas I, who have reason to hate old people, <laughs> still do everything for them. Like I don't know. I just I don't. Sim- Sorry. 
I, I guess I don't sympathize because I know it doesn't last very long. And he yeah. Kind of, he bounces back. And Maybe. Whatever. But I, uh, my reason for not sympathizing is because, like, fuck off. <laughs> like, oh, but I hate old people. No, no, no. But, like, fuck off, like, telling your daughter how to live and how to raise. Yeah. Like, the, I think it was more like the balls on this man telling his daughter how to raise her daughter when he clearly didn't raise his daughter. Exactly. Also, eat half a grapefruit, damn it. Oh my god, that was so much. Like, I'm sorry. That was like, I, I. (laughs) 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 Like, I don't, like, he, he, he's very, it's, it's, it's. It's, 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 it's. It's very aggravating. It is very aggravating. And it's very, like. Honestly, I'm surprised Lorelai kept her cool for that long. It's very. Because I would have taken the other half of that grapefruit and shoved it where the sun don't shine. Like, it kind of brings into perspective why she was so reluctant to ask her parents for help because then yes. we see yes because we could we see this side of them very soon after yeah um and i don't think so much i i think it's kind of one of those parental dynamics and not even parental i feel like it's one of those like elder dynamics like yeah. between either you know parent and child or it's a generational divide i'm not even gonna, i'm not even sure if it's if it's a generational divide i think it's just more like i think it is don't you have people saying like these fucking millennials that's a different story. Really? I don't think it's the same thing. Oh. But I think what's happening here is that, like... It isn't my experience. Was that, <laughs> but I think what's happening here is that, like, Richard is used to being in the power seat. He's used to being yeah. the head of the household, the head of the hierarchy. And now it's like, he, he still he still sees himself that way, even though we find out later he, he knows he's, quote-unquote, becoming obsolete, whatever yeah. the hell that means. So, like, he... he He's used to being at the top of the hierarchy and he's used to operating as such. So now he's like, he's coming down. It's almost like he's coming down the hierarchy and telling the rest of the people how they should behave and how they should live their lives. Yeah, but I think, yeah, I think it's just always, like you said, because he's been in that position where obviously, he was the boss. Obviously, and... it's, it's a generational divide if we talk parents and children because, like, there's different I think different that's, where, that's where I think I'm coming from. Like, my grandmother's always telling my mom and my uncle what to do. Yeah. Which in turn drives me nuts because not only do they tell me what to do, my mother tells me what to do. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's always every generation thinks their way is the best way to do things. And like know? that never dies. So like I don't no, understand. that never dies. Like I'm sure we're gonna be like that too. Oh God, I hope not. Oh my God. No, but it. it but like, <laughs> I just I, I'm sweating. <laughs> it's so. But it's ironic to me, especially in terms of like. Honestly, these are dirty words, so I'm not gonna speak them again more than once. But like you know the whole like boomer versus millennial. Okay, boomer. Bash. Like, oh my god. My mom, okay, so my mom comes to me, like, a few weeks ago when the whole okay, boomer thing was, like, blowing up and, like, they were talking about it on the news and, like, my dad watches CBS Sunday morning. They did a whole piece on it. I'm like, oh They're my very god. triggered, the boomers. No, they're not even, like, it's funny. My mom, who, like, my mom is kind of like, like me, was born on the cusp of, like, yeah, the end, the, the end of the boomers. Before, yeah. And, like, so she's not so much a boomer, but she's not really, a, like, a Gen X either. Mm-hmm. So it's, like... She's, she's like whereas not, my mom is a boomer exactly and like my dad is my dad's a boomer for sure he's like three years older so like my dad wasn't as triggered or offended by it he, he my dad kind of thought it was funny and my dad would even say now it's like oh yeah that's what like young kids like say to say to old guys like me I'm like like i don't only like, when you're being a boomer <laughs> yeah and like he kind of like i don't know maybe, maybe because my dad's on facebook and like he's read more and like sees more like posts about it or whatever but like my like my mom's reaction was a bit more triggered and like a bit more like snowflake so she was getting like really upset and kind of calling it disrespectful and getting um just just getting upset you can say triggered she was getting yeah she was getting triggered (laughs) and was not really 
like just thought it was disrespectful and I understand why but at the same time but here's the thing it was like you know when like internet language or internet lingo gets picked up by the mainstream and people who aren't you know on in, so- it? Yeah. in it or aren't aren't on social media and see how it's being used like they don't understand yeah. how it works so like I didn't think it was that serious I thought it was just like a joke but you here's know? the thing like Younger people are always going to disrespect older people, just like older people are always going to think that young people are lazy and stupid Mm -hmm. and whatever. That's never going to go away. No. But it's different when your parent is actually, like, telling you what to do and how to live your life, especially when you're a parent yourself and you're like, I got this. You know what I mean? But I think in terms of Richard and Lorelai, I don't see it so much as a generational divide as more of, like, a class divide, maybe. or even The reason I said generational is more because, you know, when they're in the inn, and Richard's like, is that a, where's your work jacket? Is it in the back? Uh, and it's like, because in his day, you didn't wear, you always wore a suit to work. You know what I mean when I say generational? Or when he says, was that a business call I just heard? You never talked to a business associate like that. Yeah. Because in his day, you always kept, prof- like, now you can have, like, my mom talks to customers and clients and whatever, like, a little bit more familiarly, you know? That's why. That's what I mean when I say it's kind of a generational thing. Yeah, I can see it from because I can just picture Richard going in my day. We never, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I know. I can see it from that perspective, but I also even when he's saying, like the work jacket and yeah. the business call. What the fuck's a work jacket? Also, I have no idea. Maybe because he thinks like uh, people work at an inn wear bellhop uniforms. Like I, I don't have know. No but idea. I took it as like I always show up with my blazer to work. Yeah. Like, men show up with a tie, a woman show, show up with a blazer kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I wore this to work yesterday. <laughs> it's a lovely cardigan. It's not a cardigan. It's a sweater It's a sweater. Do you know what a cardigan is? Yeah, I know. But, like, in my head, like, my cardigans kind of look like that. Sure, sure, so. sure. Okay, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> I am Mr. Rogers. Thank Anyways. you. Anyways. No, that's what I meant when I said generational. Like, I just, I can picture him giving you a, a in-my-day lecture. Yeah, me too. I think, though, like, I see that, but I don't think... In terms of Richard and Lorelai, I don't see it as generational. Okay. That's fine. To me, it comes across more as bougie versus... Judgmental. Like, bougie versus whatever, like, versus everyday folk. Like, I don't know. Everyday folk. Monsieur, madame, tout le monde. (laughs) Because, like, Lorelai left the upper class life. Yeah. And I feel like Richard and Emily... I feel like Richard and Emily's uh, behavior is derivative of that more so than like generational because i don't know like i don't know to me like upper there's certain aspects of upper class uh life that doesn't really doesn't really go away with age i feel like i feel like it's a bit of a sticky wicket where it's like (laughs) are we talking about generational divides or are we we talking about class divides or are we talking about family dynamics all of it all of the above it's all coming into one terrible richard package but you are right in saying that the in terms of like the generation in terms of like the generational divide between Richard and Lorelai, I see it more when you say like I could see him giving him a lecture giving That's her a it. Like I always thought Richard was that type of person. Um and also, you know, after he scolds her for her business call. Her which, business call. Her business call. Like, it's just a fucking call. You know what and I mean? And it's like a linen delivery. Like, yeah, It's not seriously. like I'm talking to a potential, like... Yeah, customer. She would never talk to a customer like that, you know? No. But, you know, and then he goes, I'll be right here if you need me. I don't fucking need you. I've been doing my job forever. Considering, I mean, again, this this is a this could be taken in, in multiple different ways. But, like, considering Richard didn't do anything 
to lead Lorelai to that place. No. Ever. You know, like... No, you didn't help me. You didn't make phone calls. Like, I got here all by myself. Yeah, and, like... I'll be right here if you need me. I don't fucking need you. Go back I to mean, Hartford. A, a counterpoint to that would be, like, you know, Lorelai didn't let her, let her parents help her. No. But at the same, like, but at the same time... She you, also worked her way up. You exactly. You know what I mean? Like, she got there, obviously, on merits. Come on. Yeah. What... Oh Which, my god, that and, was that line really. Oh my god, I was like, I'll be right here if you need me. Go read your fucking newspaper. Go away. And if she had, <laughs> and obviously if she had stayed in her parents' uh, world, world, I'm gonna say orbit. Her parents orbit. Or- I like that better. <laughs> um, if she had stayed in her parents' okay. orbit, then like obviously she wouldn't have gotten there by working her way up. She probably would have gotten not. there by money and. She would, let's be honest. She wouldn't be doing that job because apparently they think it's beneath them. Yeah. Exactly. But even any other, any, any like corporate job she would have had in her parents' orbit, she would have obviously gotten there by her name over her, her work ethic. Exactly. Um, can we talk about Paris? She needs, she needs medication. You need to calm down. She really does. She's like, no, no, no. I'm not done. No. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, Paris is on the hunt for a very prestigious high school newspaper award. Yeah. And she thinks that the key to getting this award is doing an investigative story in Stars Hollow. Yeah. However. Yes. <laughs> Wait, what, how are you going to spin this? However. She... I'm listening. <laughs> Can we say that, like, Paris's um, diehard involvement in the school paper is only... She only, like, dedicates herself to that as much as she does and is obsessed with it as much as she is because... She wants that for her, her college application because I don't think she's ever like. We obviously see her in the Yale Daily News later on. Yeah, but but I think she's already said it that she wants to be. She doesn't want anything to do with journalism. So exactly, so she like, wants to be a doctor. Yeah, cancer research. So like we can say. So of course this is not her career. Ambition. Exactly. So you're putting that much like pressure. Yeah, stress, exactly. Stress and pressure into an extracurricular. Yeah. Yes, because she absolutely wants to get into Harvard. And how, does, and how does that work for you, darling? It doesn't. Anyways, um, so this is the episode that has one of the funniest scenes to me where Luke and Paris are interacting. <laughs> Only matched, by the way, by the scene in A Year in the Life where Luke and Paris are yeah, interacting. I agree. So, um... Paris thinks a diner is some kind of front for a prostitution ring. <laughs> Not even that. She's like grasping at straws. She's like, she's like where'd he come from? She's, she's like, we're gonna blow the, the lid off the seedy underbelly of small town life. Yeah. She's like, she's like, she's like, where's the bad part of town? <laughs> what? Over there. What's over there? People. Like, they're very <laughs> angry by the color of that fence. <laughs> like, it's too much. It's and, too much. And Raven says, like, I'm. You know, you're you're just looking for, for something that's not here. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. But then. Rory ends up becoming the poster girl for censorship. Yes. Because Rory makes a suggestion prior at the video store. Yes, yeah. prior to that. At the prior video to that, store. they're at the video store, which Kirk also works at. Stars Hollow Video. <sighs> Stars Hollow Video is not Stars Hollow Video anymore. I miss video stores. I know, I do, do you miss videos? I miss Blockbuster. Yeah. And I miss VHS tapes. I do too. A little bit. In terms, like, they're kind of obsolete now, but you miss them. But like, I do miss the magic that was, like, rewinding. Yeah, and you, like... Kids these days don't know what the fuck we're talking about when they say rewinding. No. Or, you know that thing where they're, like, roll down the window? Nobody <laughs> knows what that means anymore. Until recently, I still had a car that rolled down the window. Really? Yeah, because my Corolla was from 1998. Seven, eight, something like that. Jeez. Yeah. That's impressive. 
Mm-hmm. My, my, my mom's car growing up, she, my mom was dead set against having a car with electric windows. Why? Because she thought, oh, it's going to sound a little extreme. <laughs> she thought. Am I going to go, okay, boomer? <laughs> maybe. She thought that, God forbid, we got into an accident, you got into an accident where you're in the water, the windows aren't going to work. So she had to have roll down windows. I mean, you have bigger problems. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so that was her whole thing was that she preferred, like, obviously I think that was a bit but of But listen, a- whether you roll down the windows or break the windows or whatever, the water's still going to come gushing into your car. So I think. <laughs> oh, Debbie, come home. I need to tease you about this. I think the issue, I think it was more of a, uh, of a panic around electric windows at the time because it was yeah. probably it was probably a new thing. Yeah, of course. So I'm sure if you asked her now, she's probably over it. But at the <laughs> I would t- hope so. At the time, she's like, I have to hold on to my non-electric windows. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> um, Which at the time made perfect sense to me because I'm like a child in the back seat. Right? You're like, so- yeah, mommy says. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so Rory goes to the video store and these two little kids are looking at the cover of. Um, Showgirls. Showgirls, exactly. Where it's like a half naked woman. Which isn't even like. Which... It's not even that racy. No. Um, but Rory makes a point of telling Kirk, like, you might want to put that on a higher shelf. And in Truth like... Hollow and Taylor fashion, they take that way too fucking seriously. And instead of just putting these videos on a higher fucking shelf, they make a curtain. They make a curtain. The Rory curtain. The Rory curtain and put all things that they deem to be inappropriate behind that curtain. Which is really problematic. Yeah, of course. The shelves are fucking empty. Not even that. It's, it's like what ge- it's like what, what gives you the authority to make the decision. Exactly. Yeah, I understand. And but like, I'm just saying, in terms of consumer problems, everything's yeah. behind that curtain. Um, in my first year of university, I took a I took an elective called um, censorship in popular culture in North oh. America, and it was uh, very interesting. I loved it, and we kind of learned about how like like in the past what factors contributed to people choosing like what's like what goes and what doesn't and yeah mostly what i learned from that was uh the people who decide those things have no authority to do that basically it's, it's like it was, it's just a lot of moral panic around certain things yeah and it kind of it's like the more and like what you're panicking around kind of ties to the time frame so it's like if it was the sixties, like what like what was scaring people in the sixties? So it's like communism. Yeah. So the one the one thing I liked the most was that like, you know, in the eighties with um uh what was it like with tape decks where if like you re like if you reround the tape and you press play, the people thought it was like the devil. Like Yeah, if you play things backwards kind of thing. Yeah, and so like a lot of oh, there was like Mia. Yeah. I mean that's a whole other it's not the whole other podcast. Yeah, of course. But um I deal with issues of censorship sometimes because I've worked in a library. Well, I'm a librarian and I work in a library. Um, not so much now because I'm a medical librarian. <laughs> but when I used to work in the public library, I remember uh, it was so silly. My uh, One of my coworkers ran the Romance Book Club. Okay. And it's silly. I say it's silly because to top it all off, they vote on the books they want to read. <laughs> yeah. So they picked a book that like was set in New Orleans and one of the girls like was into voodoo and shit. One of these ladies had a fit. She was like, how could you allow some material, dark material like this in your library? You shouldn't, I, I, I don't know if I can come to this library anymore. I'm like, bitch, it's fucking fiction, number one. Number two, if, if we had to get rid of every single book that had an element that offended somebody, there'd be nothing in our libraries. I don't give a fuck. There's a, there's a whole thing. There was also a debate around like Mein Kampf. 
Yeah. Because one of our, our patrons ordered two different versions and one was the illustrated version. Ooh. I don't know what the illustrated... I, I assumed... Listen, I don't know. It's right. not my job to judge what people take out, you know? No. I assumed maybe he was a teenager. I assumed maybe he was doing it for a school project, whatever. Okay. I assumed. <laughs> let's, just, let's go with that. But like... They're all like, oh my God, why is he ordering that? And not, It is a part of history. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're I, not going to like everything, guys. I feel like banned books in particular is a whole other subject. Yo, Harry has... Potter was banned. Where the Wild Things Are was banned. It's Were? Whole... Are? <laughs> are. Are. I think it's a, it, it's a whole other subset. Like, banned books are a whole other subset of censorship in I terms of... But, like, I think it's a fine line you're walking when you start saying that this shouldn't be allowed. No. Yeah. You're in the dark ages. <laughs> Come back to the light and uh, we'll meet you here. Mm-hmm. So Richard is annoying. He's annoying. He's annoying. Um, he reaches peak annoyingness when he, tells Lor- when he tells Rory that she cannot have the car that Dean built her. On the one hand, oh, what? Obviously, I yes. thought you were gonna agree with me on this. No, on yeah, no, so I do agree. I do agree. Okay, but on the one hand, um, I like. Don't be petty and say it's Zine's car. Fuck him. A little bit. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but like, I get. I kind of. I don't know. I'm very conflicted with this episode because, mm-hmm. obviously, I agree that Richard is being annoying and is just being judgmental and is on his riding along on his high horse and picking on everything that he doesn't see. He doesn't think is acceptable. Yes. Um, but like, I feel like Laurel, I feel like Lorelai was a, I don't know. I think Lorelai was a bit too relaxed with the car, but we didn't, we didn't really get it. We didn't really get a chance to see what her reaction would have been without Richard there. Well, I so. think, yeah. That, so here's the thing. I think that it was a little bit of both. She would have been fine with it, I think. But also the fact that her father was there and telling her that she couldn't drive the car made her double down on her decision. Exactly. So I'm like, what I wanted I, I wanted to see what, I mean, I think Lola would have obviously let her have the car regardless. I but so I too. But I wanted, I kind of, I'm, it makes me interested in thinking about what would have happened if, you know, God forbid the car wasn't safe, but Lorelai was like, oh, yeah, sure, your boyfriend made it. Whoa, like, yeah, get it, like, go drive it and it explodes. Like, yeah, you know I get mean? it. Like, I'm, so I'm not, obviously Richard's motives in questioning the car was more about how Dean, who, who, he, does, who he doesn't approve of, made the car, yeah. etc. cetera. Um, but like, I don't know, if we consider it from a different perspective where, uh, okay, are we sure this car is safe just because it, you know? Well, Gypsy checked it three times. I know. So, like, obviously, we, we, we check see. Check it again. I cannot check it again. <laughs> so, obviously, we see with our own eyes that it's safe, but, like. Or we take Gypsy's word for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. We take we take Gypsy's word for it that it's yeah. safe. But, like, I'm just, it makes me interested in thinking about, like, what if, the, what if the circumstances were different? Yeah, I think her reaction would have been a little bit different. Um, but then again, like, she did say, oh, my God, Dean, this is amazing. Yeah. Before Richard freaked out. Yeah. And I don't know. She's very loosey goosey. And I think we were. I think we Is were. Is that an appropriate gift? I don't know. Probably not. But <laughs> somebody <laughs> built you a car. But like she knew about it, so it's like I'm gonna yeah, build you a car. Yeah, that's the thing like, too. Like you know... you're thinking about. I'm thinking about now. Like we've known about it for like a season that he's building her this car. Yeah. So I think also she probably got used to the idea that eventually her daughter's gonna have a car built by her boyfriend. And not even though, like she had to get used to it. I feel I feel like it was just. No, but she knew it was coming, kind of thing. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a surprise to her. Like it yeah, was to and Richard. I feel like and I feel like Lorelai and Rory were caught up in the in the 
the excitement the, of it the excitement and like obviously the extreme generosity of him making her a car so it was like they're more caught up in the gesture do you even have a car why don't he, you make yourself a car first <laughs> he has a motorcycle oh god right yeah yeah he does he, that he was does. the whole thing in the first season where yeah but also he compares motorcycles with christopher yeah exactly yeah um and that's what that's what worried lorelei in the beginning about dean remember if you're gonna throw your life away he better have a motorcycle exactly anything else you want to say for this episode um oh i have another request yes go ahead for the social media um, <laughs> the social media yeah <laughs> can we get a, um screenshots of the scene where richard is talking about rory wanting to go to harvard with lorelei and she's and he's like yeah who's gonna help her get into harvard and who does she say reese witherspoon yes so we have to have that um i i did actually have something to say about that so part of me wonders where the whole harvard obsession came from yeah. And I, mean, I think, like, because Rory always mentions that she's wanted to go to Harvard since she can remember. Which is weird. Which is very weird. But at the same time, fine. Like, some, some kids have dreams of going to, like, very prestigious schools. Yeah. So it's either that Lorelai really pushed it on her from a young age, or she found, stumbled upon it by herself. And Lorelai was like, yes, because my father went to Yale. So I think it's another example of her doubling down on the fact that, like... I think it's the latter. Yeah, probably. But um, part of me wonders, like, this is another instance, you know, before we said that she just doesn't want her parents' help. Now it's like, even even if it's it's, it's the right thing to do, look, we know Roy can get in on her own kind of thing. But, like, if you had a chance to get your child into an Ivy League school. <laughs> mm, I think, no, you're right in terms of, I don't think Lorelai probably outwardly says that much about it in terms of, like, oh, Rory wants to go to Harvard. That's what Rory wants. I think at this point, because it's, like, it hasn't come down to her applying or anything yet. I think no, I know, but like, I think it's still, like, she's also just pushing the matter. Maybe a little bit. I think it's more about about, about the dream, and she's, mm-hmm. and she's supporting the dream because she knows that... It's her. It it would be, um, you know, Rory doing her own thing, just like yeah, just like Lorelai did her own thing. My point was, I want to know whose dream it really is. Was it Rory's and Lorelai's being super supportive because it also sticks it to her parents, or was it Lorelai's and Rory jumped on the bandwagon because she was young and didn't know better, and now they just went with it. Maybe a little bit of both. Yeah, probably. Because like, it's just a point. I, want I to feel make. like <laughs> I feel like that's a bit of a bone of contention with Rory's character. That's like, I'm sorry, who dreams about going to Harvard from? The time you're, I think a lot of people, but like Roy, and like that's that's what I think a lot of people find annoying with Roy's character because it's like, who has those dreams? You know, like no, I get it. Paris, obviously. Paris, yeah. Uh, anything else? Um, I love. I I also um made note of a, of a, two other quotes. Yes, from this go episode. ahead. I'm ready. When I'm ready for quotes. When Paris uh was wanting to come to stars hollow and make you know make a story out of the seedy underbelly roy was like we don't have a seedy underbelly we don't even have a meter maid oh, it's God. like pointing out how they're very obsolete i think in yeah. another episode she also says that the 24-hour pharmacy just closed 20 minutes ago <laughs> which is kind of ridiculous yeah and then do we have 24-hour pharmacies in montreal i think we do we used to i don't know that we still this is have debbie them. <laughs> um I know that the one down on Côte d'Anage, corner of Côte d'Anage and Queen Mary's open till midnight. We have a lot of them. Till midnight, great. What if I have no, no, It used to be till midnight, and I think that's the only one that is open 24-7 that I can remember. Fuck, Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, they're, I think that's... But a lot of them are open till midnight. 
and open at 8 a.m. So what do you Don't need? die during that. <laughs> what do you need in between all of that? An if you need pen. something... Well, no. I know, no. Debbie. I'm no. joking. No, you don't get an EpiPen at 2 a.m. Obviously, you go to the emergency issue, room. You should be having that EpiPen already on you. Okay. Number you one. Die. Number two, go to the emergency room. Don't go to the You're pharmacy. Dead. No, I feel like 24-hour okay. pharmacies are an American. They're yeah. an American phenomenon. So Our McDonald's not, is 24 hours. Well, it's so totally not for... Well, that makes sense, though, for food. But what people are going... I don't know about people in the States, but... I, I feel that the stuff in the states that people are buying in a pharmacy are not pharmacy related items. No. No. They're other items. Because you know if you go to we're really off topic. Can we you, can we hear her on the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You know that if we go um <laughs> if you go like our pharmacies you know they have like a little um, snack section and they have yeah. like eggs and they have yeah. milk and yeah. whatever PharmaPri's huge for that I know PharmaPri so only what, all my Canadian people only get your eggs at PharmaPri uh, yeah. oh, which outside of Quebec is shoppers drug yeah exactly. exactly but you know that mm-hmm. in Europe if you go to like a pharmacy and you tell them like where's your like snack and egg section they're like what the fuck are you talking about yeah. this yeah. is a Walmart. drug store yeah. which yeah. makes but which you can buy a lot you can buy a beach chair you can't buy eggs, but you can buy a beach chair. That makes sense. There's a, a beach there, Debbie. <laughs> you can buy Doritos at your pharmacy in the United States and a beach chair, but you can't buy eggs, milk, or necessities. We're going to start another podcast about 24-hour pharmacies. No. No? Episode 1, season and series finale. Uh, and the other quote I made note of was, school comes before mommy's mental health. Does it? Does it? No. No. Considering that she like that, uh, Rory devotes a lot of time to making Lorelai's life easier. So. Right. Yeah. Shut up, Lorelai. You don't know how good you have it. <laughs> um, can we talk about the bracket for a little bit? Oh yes, just a little bit before we wrap up. So we posted three matchups. The first one was the pilot versus the series finale. Pilot. Yours, yeah. Pilot won by a landslide. <laughs> um, but this the series finale gave it a run for its money. What was the final vote? I think um, on Instagram it was something like 60-40. Okay. That's not, that's not that bad. It's not that bad considering <clears throat> the amount of votes. But on it kicked its ass on Twitter. Twitter was 95-5. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, second one was Concert Interruptus versus Love, Daisies, and Troubadours. Obviously Concert Interruptus. That's what I thought. Yeah, it was like 55-45. You're the one who came up, you're the one who matched all of these, right? Like yeah. When you, okay, so it's all of your creation. Yeah. Okay. But I told you last time I did extensive research. Yes, you did it. Okay. Okay. And the one we posted earlier this week was 201 Sadie Sadie versus 202 Hammers and Veils. I didn't vote because I didn't know. Like it was. You didn't know? I didn't, I, I didn't have an opinion. I didn't just... have an opinion. Do you have an opinion now? I don't know. I think they're both kind of equal. I don't Like I don't really ha- Like I've, if I had to choose, like a gun to my you gotta head. Gotta choose. One, to two, my... three. 201. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, 202 won by default because on Twitter it was tied 50 50. Okay. And on Instagram it won by, I think, two votes. Oh, okay. So, too bad it goes on. <laughs> you want to hear the next matchup? Uh, yes, please. Next matchup is 215 Lost and Found. Okay. Versus 205. Nick Nora. Okay, well, we know my vote, so... Do I know? I, well, I, <laughs> I know my vote. Okay, well, keep it to yourself. <laughs> uh, that's it, I think, right? And Well, we have... Well, the, that's not it for the bracket. The bracket will go on for much longer, yes, right? Yes, of course, because then it's the round of 32, and then the round of 16, and then the round of 8, and then the round of 4, and then there can only be one. Yeah, so don't go away, because we're going to be here for a while. It's going down. <laughs> so we're, we're chipping away at choosing 
the best episode of the whole show, right? Yeah. That's the whole, okay. So yeah. eventually we will pick one episode yeah. that... I don't include a, re- a year in the life. Don't, because it's not the same. It's it's because, don't. <laughs> so sassy. Well, because you no, because that's like it's 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 it's, on, it's its own separate. <laughs> Christmas. That was you who said that, wasn't it? No, it was you. Oh, it was me. You okay. want me to play it back for you? <laughs> no, but you made the joke out of it, so now I associate it. With oh, I you. love it. It was so cute. Um, was I don't even remember what I was saying anymore. I don't know. Oh, a year in the life is is, is different. Yeah, so it's I a different like show. It has I to find. exist on its own. Well, we confirmation everyone queen mary is open 24 hours yeah so we, we do have a 24-hour pharmacy one in the whole on the whole island <laughs> of montreal the only thing that's coming up yeah <laughs> it doesn't mean you know there's a lot open from you know 8 a.m 7 30 a.m yeah yeah okay the, the new name of this podcast is uh off, off topic off topic yeah Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um where can they find us um they can find us on the tweeters mm-hmm. at gilmore podcast or on Instagram at Gilmore Girls Podcast. And, and they can email us, can't they? Where can they email us? Gilmorepodcast at gmail.com. If you want to, you know. Just talk to us. <laughs> and so if you want to, you know, be old school and send us an email. Yeah. Anyway. We should have a fax number. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Imagine what people would, what would fax us. Yeah. Yeah. No. Anyway. No. no, thank you. Um, keep your eyes peeled for more bracket yes. matchups. Because uh, they're coming. They're coming. And that's it. And we'll see you next time.